Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is paper, P-A-P-E-R. Really? You bet your life. It's Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood and brought to you by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers, the dealers who bring you America's most talked-about new car, the distinguished 1953 DeSoto, and the exciting new Plymouth. See them both at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And now, here he is, the one, the only... Is that boy still hanging around? Oh, that's me! Well, here I am again with $2,500 for one of our couples. We have a young married couple for you now, Groucho. They volunteered from our studio audience just before we went on the air. Mr. and Mrs. John Robert Sweeney, come on in and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome, youngsters, for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mr. and Mrs. Robert Sweeney. You're John Robert Sweeney? Oh, well, that's even better, huh? Mrs. Sweeney, what, what is your front name? Helen. Helen, now that's a nice name. I won't ask you how old you are, but uh, how old do you tell your husband you are? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight? Eight. Oh, that's a very nice age. What is your hometown, uh, Helen? Glasgow. Glasgow? Oh, well, we had a girl from Glasgow not long ago. We sang, uh, I Belong to Glasgow. <laughs> She and I, would you, would you like to sing it with me? I usually do that with anybody that's... I heard you sing it. What's that? I heard you sing it before. You heard me sing it? Mm-hmm. Well, I see. <laughs> well, uh, don't tell me about it. Tell it to Sweeney here, will you? <laughs> what is your hometown, Mr. Sweeney? Goodock, Scotland. Sounds like the last two cups of water going down the drain. <laughs> Gurak, 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 Gurak. Where is Gurak? Uh, Gurak's uh, on the Firth of Clyde in Scotland. Oh, you were born on the Firth of Clyde, eh? That's a well, near I was born on the Firth of August, eh? <laughs> well, you're both from Scotland, eh? Do you know uh, this Scot song? Uh, I'm 94 this morning, I am 94 today. And I'm not so young as I used to be, and I'm getting old and gray. But my heart is young, and I'm fond of fun, and it's very plain to see. And I'm getting married on Thursday noon, I'm 94 today. Of course, down in the village. Of course, down in the village, it will be a big surprise. The people think it's all a joke, and the minister's telling lies. But we will have the laugh on them, as sure as I'm alive. Well, there's going to be a christening yet before I'm 95. I... <laughs> well, Will Five taught me that song in London many years ago. He was a great uh, Scott comedian. Do you he remember was. him? Yes. I think he was better than Lord. Of course, a lot of people don't know about Five. Uh, how long have you two been uh, been hitched? Six years. Six years, huh? Eh? You look very happy, eh? We are. How did you meet this Highland lassie, uh, 
Fight the fourth? Uh, well, uh, I was I was organizing a, a badminton club in our church. And, badminton uh, club where? Yeah, in the church. this morning. And during during the evening, I had to collect a small subscription. I. Well, after I'd collected the subscription, <laughs> Alan came along and accused me of shortchanging her for nine pence. Alan, she accused you of shortchanging her for nine pence? I thought they didn't wear pence in Scotland. Not all they wore were kilts over there. Not playing well, What is the courtship like in Scotland? Uh, where did uh, Johnny take you for excitement? Uh, well, the war was on at the time, so there wasn't very much we could do. There was a blackout. <laughs> In the evenings. <laughs> no, I guess there's not much a young couple can do in a blackout. Right? <laughs> you can tell that to Sweeney, too, you know. <laughs> What sort of work do you do, John? I'm a draftsman with the Fluor Corporation. You're a draftsman with the Flu? The Fluor, F-L-U-O-R, Corporation. Oh. What, what, are, what do they do? They're contractors to the oil refinery in industry. Oh. Do you know any good Scots jokes, uh, Helen? No, I haven't got much of a sense of humor. <laughs> Neither have I, but I still like to tell Scots jokes. <laughs> Helen, did you hear the one about the Scotsman... Uh, who had himself tattooed so he wouldn't have to buy his family a television set? <laughs> how do you how do you like that? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. You like that one, huh? Well, I agree. You certainly don't have a very good sense of humor. <laughs> what about you, uh, John? Do you know any good Scotch jokes? Yes, I know a few. Well, t- tell us one, will you? Uh, well, have you heard those? The, the one about the. Scotsman who was travelling by train down to England and uh, the conductor came along for his fare. He said, that'll be five shillings. The Scotsman said, I'll give you three and six. The conductor says, five shillings is the price. The Scotsman says, it's not worth any more than three and six. He said, I'll give you three and six. So the conductor, he lost his temper at this and he seized the Scotsman's grip and hurled it out the window took the suitcase and threw it out the window? So, uh, this Scotsman, he burst into tears. He said, First of all, you try to do me out of one and six, and then to crown it all, you throw my young son out the window. (laughs) (laughs) John, do they have many more jokes like that back in Scotland? Lots and lots of them. Well, you take the high road, and I'll take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland Yard before you. <laughs> well, it's been real pleasant talking to you two kids, and I th- think you're going to have a wonderful life together, and a lot of wonderful children, if they're anything like you two. Because you're a real nice couple. Anybody says you're not a nice couple, I'll scotch those rumors. <laughs> now, just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $2,500 question. Right now, here's a beautiful girl with something important on her mind. Now, let's see how you work together as a team. Fetterman, would you mind explaining the rules? All right. You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,500 question later on in the show. Is that uh, pretty clear? 
All right, now, let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected famous ships. Here's your first question. How much would it have been? 1997. 1997. <laughs> what was the name of the ship that battled the monitor? Merrimack. The Merrimack is right. <laughs> You're off to a fine start. You have $39.97. Then you're going for $2,500 tonight. Now, how much of this sum will you bet this time? I'll leave two cents. You're going to leave two cents, so you want to bet $39.95. Columbus set sail for America with three famous ships. Two of them were the Nina and the Pinta. What was the name of the third ship? I think it was the Santa Maria. Well, I guess we'll have to try the Santa Maria. Santa Maria is right, huh? Oh, no. You're really on your way. You have $79.92. gave me a heart failure that time. <laughs> I had it too. Here's your third question. Now, how much of this $79.92? Keep one. Okay. One cent. They're going to keep one cent, huh? In 1912, a liner making her maiden voyage struck an iceberg and sank. What was the name of this ship? Titanic. Oh, yeah. Titanic is right. You now have $159.83. It's your last chance to be the other couples. How much of this sum are you going to bet? All of it. All of it. One of the causes of the Spanish-American War was the blowing up of a United States battleship in Havana Harbor. What was the name of this ship? Oh, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. I'm sure everybody in the audience knows it. The battleship Maine. It started the Spanish War. Groucho, they went broke. Well, we can't have that. Nobody leaves here broke. I'm going to give you one more question for $25. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. What do you brew in a teapot? (laughs) (laughs) Tea is right. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Groucho, I'd like you to meet Mrs. Natalie Spofford. She was chosen from our audience just before we went on the air. Her partner is Mr. Rudolph Florentino. Folks, come on in and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Uh, Spofford, huh? Yes. Natalie Spofford, huh? I presume you're, you're the housewife? Yes, I'm a housewife. I'm married, but I'm not exactly a housewife. Well, my brother Harper was married, too, and he isn't exactly a housewife. (laughs) What's your excuse, Natalie? I'm a forelady in a laundry. You're a forelady? You say you work in a laundry? Well, how is it you're not in Washington? I understand they've been promised a big cleanup back there. (laughs) What laundry do you work for, Natalie? The California... Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Incorporated, City Dye Works, too. Would you object if we squeezed in a word occasionally about the Sotos now and then? <laughs> I think it would go well. Yes, it would. Now, Mr. Rudolph Florentino, eh? Say, that's a very euphonious name. I might even say it's, a, it's about the euphonious name I've come across in a long time. <laughs> Where are you from, uh, Rodolfo? I'm from sunny Sicily in Castellamare in the island. I came to this country when I was five years of age. Where did you come to? Well, I came to New York City from Sicily, in the island of Sicily, in Castellamare. How long did you live in New York, uh, Rudolph? Well, I left New York City 
when I was a young age of 23. Then I decided to go to the Argentine to become an Argentine gaucho. Well, seems like a waste of time and money. <laughs> I became a groucho, and I certainly didn't have to go to Argentina. <laughs> Although I may before this program is over. <laughs> Who is this Groucho you're talking about? Groucho of the Argentine is the equivalent of the American cowboy. Of course, he's more romantic, vigorous, a great herdsman and horseman, and a great musician and a great lover at all times. <laughs> Until what age would you say he's a great lover? Oh, at the right age of 80, an Argentine Groucho from the Argentine Pampas is a great lover at 80, a great horseman, and a great musician because he loves music and romance. Not only that, at 80, he's also a great liar. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Give me none of that 80 stuff. By the way, what influenced your decision to leave New York and become a Groucho? At Gaucho, the... who's he? Well, I wanted to follow in the footsteps of the greatest lover in the history of Hollywood, Rudolph Valentino. I want to become like him, so I became an Argentine Gaucho. Oh, I thought you reminded me of some old-time movie star. However, I was thinking of Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> what made you pattern your life after Valentino? After witnessing Valentino in 1921 in The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I saw Valentino play the part of the gaucho. Mm. He done the Argentine tango. Mm. Right then and then, I want to become a gaucho. And what did I do? I went to South America to Rosario to become an Argentine gaucho. And... and uh... Did you uh, succeed? Of course I did. I became Rudolph Valentino's double in The Son of the Sheik. Oh, is that so? Imagine, Mr. Groucho. With one look of Rudolph Valentino in the cinema, women built shrines to his memory. It lasted them a lifetime. They won their husbands to become like Valentino. Can't be done. It's not easy. <laughs> I've been trying it all day. It just doesn't work, that's all. Well... Now, I'd like to go on talking to you two, but now it's time to play You Bet Your Life. You beat our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the $2,500 question. Our first couple lost all their money, and a secret word is paper. Here we go. Let's see how high, uh, how high you can build your $20. Out of our list of 20 categories, you selected number 10. Words from names. Here's your first question. How much would you bet? 18. All right, 18. Okay, 18. all right. A type or style of beard was taken from portraits by a famous Flemish painter. What is this type of beard called? A Van Dyke. Van Dyke is right. On your way, you have $38. Let me go in for $2,500 tonight. How much of the 38 are you going to risk? Six. 36. 36. 36. 36, all right. The expression that means the way the rules should be played comes from an English authority on cards, chess, and backgammon. What is this expression? You know, in a card game, when there's a discussion, an argument. According to Hoyle. According to Hoyle is right. You now have $74. Had to give him a little help because they didn't know quite what I was referring to. Here you got $74. Here's your third question. How much would you bet? 70. Two. Two. 72. Bacteria in mm. milk is destroyed by raising the temperature or boiling it. This process was named for the French scientist who developed it. What is it called? Louis Pasteur. Pasteurization is right. Pasteur Bazoul. You now have $146. And here's your last chance to be the other couples. How much will you bet? $146? Yes. 
140. The voice. All right. A long dagger-shaped knife was named for its designer, an American frontiersman. What is this knife called? A long dagger-shaped knife was named for its designer, an American frontiersman. What is this knife called? Check knife. Uh, uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. No, it's a Bowie knife. Oh, Bowie. James Bowie. Well, these people went broke, Groucho. They do, huh? Eh? Yeah. I'll give you this one question, get it right, and we'll bring your winnings up to $25. Are you ready? What color are the blue bells of Scotland? Blue. Blue is right. <laughs> Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Well, Groucho, just before we went on the air, our um, studio audience selected a you building wrecker, a Mr. Maurice... Wolfson. His partner is Mrs. Marie Clark Miller. So, folks, would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome. Welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mr. Maurice Wolfson, you're, you're from a wrecking company? Yes, sir. Where are you from, uh, Maurice? I was born in the Twin Cities. Oh. And Marie Clark Miller, huh? That's it. Where, where are you from, Marie? Well, I was born in Utah, but I came here from Des Moines, Iowa. Well, that's unavoidable, I guess. <laughs> How did you meet your husband, uh, Mrs. Miller? Oh, well, uh, I was a young actress, and uh, he was a druggist. And... Say no more. I know the whole sordid story. <laughs> you got a bad review, so you went into his drugstore to buy a gallon of cabalic acid. <laughs> And just then, a minister fell through the ceiling. And you got married. Is that pretty close? Oh, no, it wasn't that way at all. It wasn't? No. I was stranded in a little southwest town, and uh, I had to stay at a little dreary old hotel. And one Sunday night, I was pretty blue when I heard some uh, some men, young men singing, Nearer My God to Thee. It made me feel awful, and I said to the proprietor, I said, for goodness sakes, who is that singing? Who has that awful bass voice? And uh, uh, he said, why, that's Henry Miller and his gang. And well, his gang? It's a pretty rough description of a group singing near my God, it is. <laughs> well, anyway, I... Uh, These didn't sound like juvenile delinquents to me. <laughs> I met him later, and, well, I sort of fell in love with the voice, and I didn't go back to New York. Well, how long before you nailed him? Oh, oh, it was quite some time what, before huh? he got me. Hmm. Oh. Well, thanks for the correction. <laughs> Who do you work for, Maurice? The Cleveland Wrecking Company. Are you a termite? No, not yet. <laughs> we what wreck... kind, of, kind, of, kind of work does the Cleveland Wrecking well, Company Well, we do? wreck buildings of all kinds, you such do, as huh? frame buildings, apartment buildings, industrial buildings, from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you go about wrecking a building? Do you throw a big party New Year's Eve or something? <laughs> uh, how we go about wrecking a building? Yeah, that's, that's what I asked you. Well... What do you do first? Well, we start at the top and come down to the... It's just building in reverse. We start at the roof and come down. Of course, if it's a frame building, we strip it. Well, that could be fun, depending, of course, on the shape of the frame. <laughs> Marie, I think it's time we talk to you. Uh, now, you were introduced as a club woman. What is that exactly? Are you a girl bat boy? Or what clubs do you belong to? Well, uh, no, I belong to the National League of American Pen Women. What is that, a pig pen? 
No, it's a it's a group of women uh, who are interested in writing and uh, a, a lot of the arts, and they have chapters and branches in uh, most all of the important cities of the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get this straight. This club is for writers. Uh, what kind of writing do you do, uh, Marie? Well, I write uh, dramas when at plays and verse, poetry, what is have you. Is your poetry any good? Well, I have uh, two books published. One is Holidays in Verse, and the other is Christmas Blooms. <laughs> Could you give us a sample of your poetry, Marie? We're always trying to add a little culture around here. Not too much, just a smidgen, you know. Well, this is a See little... See what the reaction is to this, huh? This is just a little tiny one. Well, give us a small quatrain. <laughs> we'll go on from there. Okay. When the windows rattle and chandeliers sway in the middle of night, I wish it were day. Now look here, old earth, stop shaking your head. I'm too old now to be rocked in bed. Marie, that was, that, that was pretty good. I like that. What was it about? <laughs> no, really, I don't know what it was about. Well, that was about the big earthquake last summer. That was? Mm-hmm. Oh, say that earthquake did a lot more damage than I thought. Didn't it? <laughs> well, that was real good, Marie. You impressed me with that. Now, now, now we're going to enough of this chatter. We're going to get down to the basics up, which is money. You're going to have a chance here to run your twenty bucks into more than our other couples. You'll get a chance at the two thousand five hundred dollar question. I can't tell you how much you have to win, but George is going to remind our listeners. Our second couple lost all their money, too, so these people have a clear field. Here we go. Let's see how high you can bet your $20. You selected famous poems. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you bet? Whatever you desire. Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Who wrote The Raven? Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is right. <laughs> You now have $35. Let me go in for $2,500 tonight. How much of your $35 will you bet on your second question? You're the boss. Come on, you house wrecker. Get going here, will you? Uh, 30? Whatever you desire. 30? He's the, he's the, the most polite uh, home wrecker I've ever met. <laughs> the poem Trees is also famous as a song. Who wrote the poem? No. Mm-hmm. It's a man. I know him. Uh, uh. Talk it over. Uh, I know, but I can't put my finger on it. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. It's Joyce Kilmer. Of course, I know. I know. That's a shame. You now have five dollars. Well, you mustn't get discouraged. You still have five dollars. Here's your third question. How much will you bet? Bet it all. Three. Yes. Oh, no. Five. All right. We'll bet it all. Who wrote, Oh, Captain, My Captain? Well, I, didn't ha- I didn't hear the bet. Uh, they bet five dollars. Oh, the whole bet? The whole bet. I presume you bet five dollars, Yes. Captain, My Captain. <laughs> I know that. I know the poem. Well, I know Captain, My it? Captain. It wasn't, it wasn't Longfellow, was it? No. It was, Oh, my. Where is my mind? Did you look in your bag, Marie? Oh, gotcha. Edgar. Oh, no. Well, 
That about winds you two up. Well, the answer to that was uh, Walt Whitman, and these people lost all their money, Groucho. Now, we can't let you leave here without any money. We're going to give you one more question for $25. Nobody leaves here broke. Get this right, and you bring your winnings up to 25 And no coaching, please. It's a tough one. Who was buried in Grant's tomb? We know Grant, don't we? General Grant. Yes, they knew it right away. Well, Groucho, all of our couples tonight lost all their money. (laughs) What this means is that all three couples will be back in just one minute to get a chance at the $2,500 DeSoto Plymouth question. Right now, here's one of our beautiful friends with some news about the beautiful new DeSoto. All right, here we go with three couples tied for the chance at the $2,500 DeSoto Plymouth question, Groucho. Each couple will decide on a single answer and write it down on one of their cards that we've given them. And if all three couples get it right, we'll split the money among them. Okay? Are you ready? Fifteen seconds, right? Right. From 1907 until 1916, an eccentric monk exerted powerful influence over the court of the Tsar of Russia. His power was ended when he was assassinated by a group of nobles. For $2,500, by what name do we know this man? Write it down. Three of them got Rasputin, so they'll split the money between them. Congratulations. They each won $833.33. Isn't that right? Yes, plus nothing in the quiz. Plus nothing in the quiz. (laughs) And congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,000. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember that the dealers who sell the distinguished 1953 DeSoto also sell the brilliant new Plymouth, the first truly balanced car in the low-priced field. DeSoto, Plymouth, two great new cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks. And remember, see the 1953 DeSoto. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. A minute for safety beats a month for repairs. You bet your life. Transcribed from Hollywood is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. <laughs>